Hey everyone, welcome to the Sons of Sequoia podcast. My name is David Harper. Michael Harper, SOS number one. The first episode, today's theme is new beginnings. We'll be talking about new beginnings in a variety of fashions. It's a new year, we're starting a new podcast. There's going to be a new president at the end of this week. So let's cut the crap and get into it. What do you say? I'm in. Okay, so so a new podcast. This is the first issue. Why? Why are we doing this podcast, do you think? Uh, new beginnings. Uh, actually, we do this any, anyway. Everyone's talking. Everyone's home in the pandemic. Everyone has all kinds of stuff to say, opinions. Well, we have a lot to say, too. And so we're just going to talk to see, uh, express our opinions and see what other people have to think. Mm-hmm. And what's the origin of the name, Sons of Sequoia? Well, that's who we are. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we are Sons of Sequoia. My dad, uh, uh, I'm the son, you're the grandson of Sequoia. That's right. This is not, this is not Sequoia from 1835. This is a Sequoia from, from 1916. Uh, in other words, my dad's name was Sequoia. Mm-hmm. So and, we are. Sons and of we are uh, uh, citizens of the Cherokee Nation. That's Cherokee Nation and also Cherokee Tribe. Uh, but also, uh, we all of, uh, we're, yeah, we have that heritage. Mm-hmm. But there's like, I don't know, we have vast interests beyond being, you know, this is not going to be an ethnocentric podcast. It's not going to be talking about all. Cherokee issues. So, not I mean, all. my areas of interest, I, I like music, technology, business, and yours, and politics. Yeah, your politics, political science. Well, I like, I like, uh, I like business, but I like, uh, uh, Quantitative things, uh, analytics, uh, statistics, uh, optimization, mathematics. That's my background. Engineering, uh, geosciences. Uh, so we'll try to shoehorn all of those subjects into one podcast. Is that right? <laughs> we'll go back and forth. I, what I hope, David, what I hope is we can uh, uh, have our opinions, but then that's what we think, and we'll just see if we can uh, generate uh, what other people think. Yeah. Yeah, make other people either agree with us or be enraged at our opinions. <laughs> well, you know, as we get started here, I think uh, I've been thinking about this a lot uh, this year with everything that's been happening. I, I think to understand what you believe, you have to listen and understand what other people believe. You don't have to agree with it, but you have to listen to it and understand it to have a better understanding of what you think and what you believe in. Mm-hmm. I think that's... I think that's a good uh, exercise for this podcast. Let's say there's a, a position that we see that we don't agree with. I think that it would be a good exercise to say, but why do those people believe that? Yeah. You know, uh, when you look at last week, you know, on Wednesday, a group of people stormed the Capitol, uh, threatening to kill the vice president and the Speaker of the House. And, and you can look at that on its face and say, that's wrong. And those people are, are traitors. But... If you get inside those people's heads, they may believe that they're right. No one ever does something thinking that they're the bad guy, right? Or why do they think that way? Why do they want to do that? Why, why are you they know? the good guy? Yes, yeah, because in well, what heads. is good? And, also, what is good and bad? I mean, some we would. One person says, "Oh, that's bad," and they say, "Yeah, that's bad, but that's good." Some people think bad is good. Mm-hmm. In other words, like like John Lewis, you know, make good trouble yeah so what are they thinking and why do they think that way and and then what do the other side think i think to understand what both sides think that it's going to clarify how you think 
But I have an issue with people saying, what do both sides think? It just implies that there's two sides. It's a fallacy of bifurcation. It's <laughs> it's saying there's two possible positions you could stake out. There's no middle ground, and there's no area to the left or right of those issues. And why does one side think one thing? One side's not a monolith. You know, these some of these people that stormed... The Capitol, they were, you know, living in their mom's basement and fed a steady diet of conspiracy theory websites. But others were real estate agents and firefighters. And and so so they're not homogenous. And and I think the people that would condemn their actions are not homogenous either. Uh, so it's not two sides. And I think that a lot of the time when you hear political debate, it's the left thinks this. The left wants to take your guns. The right wants to you know, help rich people. And it's like the right isn't a monolith and neither is the left. It's, it's comprised of people with different points of view and different, uh, different standpoints, different walks of life, different ethnocentric backgrounds, different socioeconomic backgrounds and current situations. And I think saying, oh, we're going to look at it from both sides does a disservice to the fact that there aren't two sides. I think you said it right. The fallacy of bifurcation has been the fuel to the fire this year. Mm-hmm. And it's us and them, us and them. Well, maybe not. You know, maybe you're closer to them than you think. And it's not just two sides. There's, there's multiple sides. It's a, it's a, it's a spectrum. It's not a, it's not a bifurcation type of society. Yeah. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. And those, those uh, flames have been fueled. And uh, I don't know. I, I think that's a, the fallacies uh, are rampant. And um, and I think I think it's good for us to be thinking about ourselves. How do we fit into the picture? Yeah, because we are part of the picture, no matter what you think. If you're if you're if you're uh, active, if you're silent, you're still part of the picture. Mm-hmm. I, I think we see the fallacy of bifurcation: us versus them. There's only two sides. That's a big one. I think we also see the fallacy of the slippery slope fallacy. That's used a lot in politics, where it's like. Oh, they want to give you health care. Next thing you know, we're going to be Venezuela. And it's like, I don't I don't see how that, you know. Oh, they're going to give you a check for 600 bucks. Next thing you know, we're not going to let people own corporations anymore. You know, they're not going to let you bring in uh, AR-15 into a daycare center. Next thing you know, they're going to take all your guns. Uh, that's the slippery slope fallacy. I, see, I think we see that a lot. And then I think we also see the tu quoque, which is the what about fallacy. So it's like, oh, you murdered someone in cold blood. It's like, what about Jeffrey Dahmer? He murdered nine people in cold blood. Why aren't you going after him? I think people do that a lot in, in political argument as well. Yeah, in, in math, it's uh, the uh, fallacy of uh, generalization. If it happens once, it'll happen again, but not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't generalize. You take you can't take one anecdote and generalize to to, to the population. But the funny thing is that one anecdote will swing a population's belief far more than statistical proof, right? Exactly right. That's exactly right. There's the other thing that we've seen quite a bit. Uh, the the uh, the difference between science and opinion, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, that that's that's Grice's razor. It says yeah, the science science says this, but then. We're going to uh, imply conversation is much stronger uh, than science and the semantic context. We see that quite a bit. We see that rampant 
uh, today. I think it's always been there, but it's been uh, accelerated, it's been heightened, it's been broadened because of uh, internet, because of the pandemic, uh, and we see a lot of uh, uh, consequences of the internet as well, and also uh, restrictions of the internet here lately, and also uh, social media. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Grice's razor right now on the internet. It's a uh, senses are not to be multiplied beyond necessity. Uh, context is king, and the literal version of what is being said shouldn't be taken in isolation. Well, back home, <laughs> the way Sequoia would say it is uh, listen to what they mean. Not what they say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know? I, I think that uh, a lot of times, too, it's like you just want a literal answer to the question. Right. So someone's like, oh, would you like to get uh, Chinese food? I don't know. Uh, there's a new pizza restaurant that just opened up. And it's like, so are you saying that you want pizza? Or are you proposing that as an alternative? Or are you saying, no, I don't want Chinese food? It, it, makes, it makes it frustrating when people don't just answer your question literally. Right. As that's the old, uh, I think it was Seinfeld or someplace. No, I, can't, I forget which uh, TV show it says, well, when they ask you a question, answer the question with a question. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it back at them, you know. Like when Kelly Kapoor wanted to be uh, the minority executive training. So it's like, how has being uh, an Indian affected your work life? Like, would you be asking me that question if I wasn't Indian? You know, you turn it back <laughs> on them. Uh-huh. And yeah, that's, I'm not sure that's totally Grice's razor, but that's that's just a, a, a mechanic mm-hmm. of not answering the question. Yeah. And sometimes people just want you to answer the question. Politicians are good at not answering questions. Well, they, they don't really turn it back. What? Well, some will, but the politicians, they'll start, you ask a question and sometimes don't even answer that question. They'll start with their pre uh pre-prepared spiel you know mm-hmm. uh, i've seen that quite a bit which is kind of unfortunate because they say oh you know do you believe in in this uh, bill well i think what we should be doing it uh, you know and they go off something that doesn't even answer the question yeah <laughs> the poor interviewer wait a minute was there an answer in there somewhere so do you believe Trump should be punished for what happened in the Capitol? It's like, I believe that every American right now is struggling. There's a virus going around and they need relief. We got the vaccine rolling out, but we need to do it more efficiently. <laughs> it's like, you didn't answer my question at all. <laughs> but that was their answer. Mm-hmm. There's a comedian, uh, Mitch Hedberg. And uh, he talks about how movies at the end, they'll say, inspired by true events. And that's not the same as based on a true story. How that doesn't mean that it happened just because you see at the end inspired by true events. And he's like, it's like, it's like I went to a carnival and it inspired me to write a movie about a gorilla. You know, it could, <laughs> like anything could inspire, like a true event could inspire anything. It could inspire a sci-fi movie. You know, Star Wars yeah. is inspired by true events. Yeah. So there was a Seinfeld that we were talking about before we started this podcast of the recording. Uh, they had a bit on Seinfeld about when it's too late to 
say Happy New Year's. We're here. It's the 16th of January. Mm-hmm. Is it too late to say Happy New Year's to someone you haven't seen yet this year? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not? No, because I'm going to say it. Happy New Year, David. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there should be a hard and fast cutoff. It's like my uh, neighbor, he's a uh, dyed-in-the-wool Trump supporter. He had the flag up and everything. Well, the day that they announced the results, they de- declared him. He took down his Trump stuff, put up his Christmas stuff. And then he took down his Christmas stuff uh, December 31st. I respect that. I respect that that punctuality. You know, it's like, this guy may be a Trump supporter, but he's punctual with taking down his Christmas decorations. He's not going to have them up in January. And and that, that deserves a little tip of the hat, you know? But what if he didn't? Would I say all Trump supporters leave their Christmas decorations up till February? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, what if he didn't? Like, did I attribute tribute his punctuality to being Republican? I mean, he's got a nice lawn, and uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, maybe I did. Maybe that's just yeah. bias, cognitive bias. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes people have it, they don't even realize it. Uh-huh. I also think that, you know, I never really talk to him too long, but, you know, wave at him and uh, or friendly, that I'm more likely to f- forgive him for an opposing political belief because he's my neighbor. I think that's that's important, you know. My, my relationship to him is much more neighborly than political. Why, why should I care what he thinks politically? Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it's same same way with families. Mm-hmm. Like the Massachusetts uh, mom, uh, uh, older couple, one was a Republican, the other was a Democrat, and uh, they agree to disagree. Yeah, I'm. I'm. The sad thing is that that doesn't often play, you know, like. There's uh, families that are broken up by having differing political views, and that's just insane to me. I mean, the guy that, the old white guy sitting in a house 2,000 miles from here shouldn't have any bearing on my relationship with any of my family members. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Well, it's the value system. Some people have values different places. Uh, but, But why are people, like, why is our identity so tied to their political beliefs? Like when I... When I saw my neighbor taking down his Christmas lights on January 1st, I don't think it was the 31st. I'm like, yeah, January 1st, that's a good time to take down your Christmas decorations. It's probably because he's a Republican. Why did I think that? Like, maybe it's just because he's a, you know, a responsible homeowner and he doesn't want his Christmas decorations up all the way through January. Yep. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a name for that fallacy too. Yeah. You know, where you think generalization or you, you, you place uh, reasons that really don't apply. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's why one thing about, you know, the Sons of Sequoia podcast and being uh, citizens of the Cherokee Nation, one thing that I see a lot, like I hear a lot on public radio is, you know, my story needed to be told because I'm a Inuit Eskimo and our voices aren't heard or, you know, I'm a, I'm a Latinx bisexual and our stories need to be told. And I mean, I understand that that's, a part of your identity but I, this is getting a little bit uh, heavy but it's like it's part of your identity you didn't really choose and I mean it may influence your story but it doesn't define your story uh, and that's so it's uh, you know as as members of the Cherokee diaspora as uh, citizens of the nation that doesn't define our story you know our stories are our own 
So it's just, it's interesting to me that people would lead with that. And we sort of led with it today. Mm -hmm. uh, why do you think people lead with that? Because it's an anchor. It's an anchor to connect with people, but then you shouldn't stay there. You should say, yeah, because it's not false. Mm -hmm. Everything we said was true. But it doesn't, even though it's true, it doesn't totally define us. We are defined much greater, much broader than that. Mm -hmm. And actually, each person is has individual definitions. We're defined individually. You're not the same as me. I'm not the same as you. And that's true across the board. But we are the same. But we are different. Yeah. <laughs> that's the beauty of the contradiction of nature and of life. Mm -hmm. uh, things are the same and different. Uh, and you can't just go down one path. You have to see the similarities and also see the differences and celebrate both. Yeah. And I mean, I think that it's like, oh, identity issues, that's your race or your, your sexual orientation. And it's like, on some level, yes, that is. And I mean, do you think you'd be more likely to listen to a Latinx bisexuals podcast if you were Latinx and bisexual? You sort of have a built-in audience with that. Um, but at the same point, I'm sure that you could find someone that's completely out of that group that appreciates what you'd have to say. You know, your 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 voice isn't defined by that narrow definition of your identity. So it's weird when it's like, I thought that our voices should be heard uh, because I'm a member of these, these minority groups. I don't know. This is getting pretty heavy <laughs> with this conversation. But I, I just think it's strange that that oftentimes defines the the initial part of the argument uh or yeah. the the initial part of the appeal it's like oh i wrote this fantastic novel uh and i'm uh you know sub-saharan african uh immigrant and i felt like the sub-saharan african immigrant community deserved to have a voice and it's like what's the mo what's the novel about oh it's about victorian england <laughs> you know, uh, I, I mean, do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I think also similar to that and not exactly at the, the point, but very similar to the point is what you do. Like uh, I write a novel or I I'm a musician or I'm an artist that shouldn't define who you are. I think who you are should define what you do. And I think there's a big difference to that there. And a lot of people don't see that mm -hmm. because. They don't know who you are. All they see is what you do, yeah. you know, and so that's the first definition they have. The problem is they don't go beyond that to see what kind of person you are, you know, uh, because what you do should be defined by who you are. Mm -hmm. And we don't bother to get to know people. Yeah. I think if we bother to get to know people, we'll better understand what they do and why I, they do it. I also think people get defined by their work. And it forgives a multitude of sins. Look at, I don't know, Bill Cosby or Michael Jackson. It kind of seems like there were, oh, I think Bill Cosby was found guilty of heinous crimes. And yet for years, he was beloved. And it, he wasn't beloved because of his heinous crimes. He was beloved because of the work he was putting out there. And uh, it's it's fascinating to me that it's like, if your work is good, I think that it's less of a thing today. I think that people will discover 
if there's something off, they'll discover it more easily today than they would have back in the day. And so now I think that Bill Cosby's persona non grata. But if you go back through the history of time, there were probably lots of artists, writers, musicians, painters who were horrible people. And we just don't know about it because there was no social media and there's no, you know, disenfranchised voices weren't held to account. And if you did know about it, you know, maybe uh, a Gauguin wouldn't sell for $100 million because he was a monster. <laughs> uh, do you think that's possible? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I think good people can do bad things and bad people can do good things. And I think it's not just, again, a bifurcation. And I think social media allows us to see a much broader person today than uh, that we have in the past. Do you think an artist, a creative artist, a musician, a painter, an actor, a comedian, do you think they're more or less likely to have extremes of personality by virtue of their profession? I think their profession is uh, a representation of their personality. I think that's the reason they do that because they have a personality that's so uh, either intense or uh, broad or or, or uh, controversial or or complex. I think because of that, mm -hmm. they begin doing that because sometimes that's an outlet. Yeah, that that's how they express themselves. So I don't I don't think what they do defines who they are. I think who they are will define what they do. But I think that you see it cut both ways. I mean, there are, there are all types, I guess, as a statistician. Do you think you're statistically more likely to be crazy if you're a creative? <laughs> like if you took actors, people that define themselves as actors, and you take a thousand of them, and then you take people that define themselves as accountants, and you take a thousand <laughs> of them, and you run psychological profiles on them, who do you think is going to have more crazy people? Yeah, well... You're right. You're right. Statistically, uh, looking at uh, uh, the population, the population would have a higher probability of being of having variations in their personality if they're artists or musicians uh, than if they're accountants, because they have to focus uh, on the actual uh, mathematics. It has to be very it's a different kind of thinking. Mm -hmm. It's a very convergent thinking instead of divergent uh, type of expression. The divergent expression is going to be more of the artist and the convergent thinking is going to be more of a, of a mathematician or statistician or accountant or actuarials. But on the other hand, um, again, be careful not to have only two, two camps. Can someone do both? Yeah, absolutely. Can someone be a scientist and a mathematician and be an artist? Yes, they can. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, Einstein was a brilliant mathematician. Well, he was a he was a brilliant physicist, okay, and uh, he was also a math, uh, a musician. He also loved the violin and loved music. So can you do both? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Uh, sometimes people do things because they're very good at it, uh, but also their personality are driven toward it. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean they can't they can't do both. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm talking about just being crazy and being because I think <laughs> when I think of and that also, just because someone seems sane on the outside, you don't know, really know what's going on in their life or in their head. So I think of like actors, I think of people like Billy Crystal or Tom Hanks, who have been married once 
who have stayed with their wife through 30 or 40 years and they have children and that's who they are. They seem like a regular guy in some respect despite being a star. And that seems like the exception to the rule, you know? Uh, and that just be, might just be, there's the subset of people that are big stars is so small that when someone has one wife and they're with them for 30 years and they have a family that you just, oh, that, he just he seems like a regular guy. But maybe he's not. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Maybe he's crazy, you know? Yep, you're right. I agree. I agree. You don't know. So it could be both. But I, I, getting back to the statistics, yeah, on the population, uh, there is a tendency toward one type of personality and another, uh, depending on uh, how people are success, the success of people. Mm -hmm. Like CEOs, uh, what type of personality uh, is drawn toward a CEO or a C CFO? I, I, I saw a YouTube video, so take it with a grain of salt, that said, you know, there's uh, whatever, 10 factors for psychopathy. If you have seven, you're considered a psychopath. And CEOs, um, you know, they don't have seven, but they have way more than the average person. <laughs> so, you know, you could have two or three factors for psychopathy. You're not a psychopath. You need seven. Well... The average person has, you know, between one and four. CEOs con consistently have between four and six, <laughs> you know? And it's that sort of lack of regard for, I don't know, uh, human need that says, oh, no, my goal is, you know, increasing the bottom line. My goal is turning a quarterly profit. My goal is, my, my duty is to my shareholders and I can subjugate the needs of my people or my customers or my suppliers in order to achieve that goal. And I don't see the human side of that because I'm half psychopath because I'm a CEO. Do you think there's any credence to that? Um, <laughs> my experience, the way, well, I wouldn't say it that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the way I would say it and the way I have said it uh, often over the years is that people are at, at the level of CEO not because of their intelligence, but because of their personality. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that there's a lot of really smart people that are not CEOs because they just don't want to be there. They don't want to do that. And sometimes people are at the C level and they, they go, I don't want to do this. Uh, this is not me. Uh, they can. They have the capability and, and intelligence and, and, uh, and uh, experience. But they don't want to do it. They'll, they'll drop out. I mean, Colin Powell could have made a great president. He says, "I don't want to do that." Yeah, <laughs> and he could have been a president. I, he was. He was very, uh, very competent. Did you see other, other generals have been presidents? Did you he see he been, did an interview this week where he said he's no longer a member of the Republican Party? No. Yeah. He no. After, oh. after the events of last Wednesday, he said, "I'm done. I'm no longer a member of the Republican Party." Yeah, I have a lot of respect for for Colin Powell because uh, well, we met him. Yeah, we did. He's our close personal friend. <laughs> sort of. We have a picture we, with we, him. We have our picture with him. Yeah, he he was very my my should I should I tell the viewers here my claim to fame? He manhandled you. He manhandled. No, we don't be getting feral saying that. <laughs> uh, but we were trying to get in line for the picture, right, David? Uh huh.
uh, me, you and Michael, my, my other son, we were getting in line for the picture. Uh, should we stand here? No, you stand here. No, you stand here. And so finally he just grabbed me by the arm. This is, you stand here, you stand there, you stand there, let's smile. And so basically he took me and put me where he wanted me. And I thought that was so awesome. I mean, the general came out of him. Yeah. He was a general, not because he was a general. He was a general because of who he was. Yeah. He was a take charge, make this happen. This is going to work. Now do it. And, And I love that. I love that. People, to make things happen when things have to happen, they do it. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that was really cool. So you didn't feel it, violated at all by his manhandling? Not at all. Not at <laughs> all. I, I respect it. I go, oh, that's cool. This is where I should be. Uh-huh. You know, I felt I felt like I'm going to follow this guy. Yeah. He's this, a leader. This guy's cool. He's a leader. He was a leader. You know, he wasn't telling me to do something wrong. He was telling me to do something right. It was cool. It was very cool. Well, believe it or not, we're halfway. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? Really? Already. And we're at 30 minutes. Oh, um, wow. So if you want to, we can do the segment with Laura where she quizzes you. Do a quiz game. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want to call her in? Yeah. Laura, you ready? Yep, yeah, she's coming. Yeah, sure. Laura's my daughter. Okay, you want to set it up, David? I'll turn up the. Tell me uh, how to turn up the speakers so she can listen. Okay. Is that good? Sounds there good. There she is. All right, this there is a little is. segment called Mikey is a Boomer. Does he know internet uh, acronyms? Is that it? We're going to start with some easy ones, okay, Dad? Can you hear her okay? Yes. So here's what's going to happen. Laura's going to read out internet acronyms, and Mikey's going to try to guess what they are. Okay. What does LOL mean? (laughs) It means uh, laughing out loud or something like that. That's one. Yeah. What about YOLO? YOLO? Uh, Oh, I think I saw that one time. Uh, you only live once. Good job. Two for two. JK. JK? Uh, are you trying to trick me or are you just kidding? Uh, <laughs> three for three. <laughs> TTYL. What? TTYL. TTYL. Okay, now you're getting weird. Uh, two. No. Take. No. no. T T Y L. The no. The ti- the tiger is laughing or something. I don't know. Talk I, to you later. Talk to you later. Oh, three for, okay. three for four. Yeah. He's <laughs> getting a C. T T Y L. F Y I. Oh, wait, I use that uh, for your information. Good job. Nice. That's an old one. Four or five. That that pre that was before all this uh, tech stuff. You put that in emails. Go ahead. Uh, BRB. Bring your bring your booze. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> bring I'll, your. I'll pass it to David. Be right back. 
Oh, is that what that means? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, BRB. Bring, be right back. Okay. What is that? Uh, four of six? Yes. Okay. Uh, TMI. Oh, too much information. Yeah, five of seven. We gotta be careful to do that on this podcast. Um, IDK. Oh, I should know this, but I don't know. Good job. Hey, <laughs> six of eight. Do you like that, David? Very clever. Yeah, was that clever? I put it in context. Uh huh. The Grice's razor is kicking in here. Uh, WTF. WTF? <laughs> uh,. The World Technical Foundation. No. Yep, that's right. <laughs> uh, would uh, they would they falter? Nope. I'll pass it to David. What the fuck? Oh, is that what that means? Uh huh. <laughs> oh, that's 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 pretty dirty. Seven to ten. Yep. BT. Oh, I'm glad I I'm glad I didn't know that. <laughs> BTW. BTW. Uh, how about BTW? Oh, we froze. Oh, BTW. Um, <laughs> bothering the world. I don't know. Wrong. By the way. By the way. Oh. So what is okay. he at? Seven of eleven. Think so. I have some more if you want me to keep going. Keep going. Okay. DIY. DIY. Oh, do it yourself. Good job. I saw that on TV. <laughs> Eight of twelve. Eight. I watch TV. Okay. You're getting progressively harder. Okay. NBD. N B D. Not bad, Dorothy. Wrong. Okay. Hold on, I'm going to grab a pen. You're at 8 of 13 right now. I don't know. Not Nothing but dirt. No. What is it? No big deal. No big deal. I was close. I was close. <laughs> N V M. N B M V as in Victor. E M. Uh N N V M. Uh-huh. It's not an acronym. It's not an acronym. It's a shortened word. Okay. Um But it's like a texting thing. So Oh mm-hmm. texting. No <laughs> no victory more. It's I don't not, know. <clears throat> not, an it's not an acronym. <laughs> version of a word oh oh it's an abbrevi- oh, it's not abbreviation it's uh, sort of an abbreviation nvm novum novum never mind never mind oh okay okay tbh i wouldn't have got that tbh tbh i think it's to be to be happy. That's nice. Yeah, but it's wrong. 
<laughs> to be uh, hurried. No. No. To be horny. Wrong. Wrong. What is it? Uh, to be honest. Oh, to be honest. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. There we go. There we go. Nice. <laughs> so you're Bet at 8 of 15. You're almost Be at half and half. Go ahead. What does bay stand for? B bay. Oh, bay. I heard that. Uh, oh, I've heard that before. Best, no. <laughs> best something ever. Be, uh, I've heard that. Be a. It's like you'll call your girlfriend or your boyfriend Bay. Yeah, I've heard. I've known that before. I can't remember what it says. Be best. Be. Oh, I, I can't remember. Before anyone else. Before anyone else. Okay. Yeah, 50-50 now. Means they're the best, right? Okay. Yeah, more or less. For my hardest category now. Oh, okay. You're batting okay. 500. Are you going to end up batting above the Mendoza line? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Okay, ready? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I-D-G-A-F. I-D-G-A-F. I do good for all people. AF. I D G A F. Oh, I D good. So many, so many letters. <laughs> I do good for all forests. Folks. Folks. <laughs> I do good for all folks. That's right. <laughs> I D G A I do good for I don't know. We better tell him because we don't want him to be in a lecture. Yeah. And be like, like, thanks, thanks for that explanation, Doctor Harper. And he'll be like, I D G A F. <laughs> uh, I don't give a fuck. Oh jeez. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh man. Okay. D M. Uh, D M. It's something you do direct, uh, I almost gave it away, to someone on social media. Uh, yeah, it's not a saying, it's a means of communication. Uh, doing meaningful in the, I don't know. <laughs> doing meaningful, close, direct message. Oh, direct message, oh, I know that, yeah. DM, direct message, IM. Yeah. Instant message, yeah. Instant messaging, yeah. TFW. TFW. T. T. TFW. Yes. Uh, to. No. Fall. <laughs> <laughs> to fall wildly. Nope. That feeling when? Oh, that feeling. What does that mean? 
that feeling when you crack open you, a new Diet Dr. Pepper and it goes, and you're like, ah, oh, that, that TFW. Oh, brother. Okay. okay. I got some more. Are you ready? Ready. I-M-O. I-M-O. I am, uh, I am Henri. <laughs> no. I am only. No. Nope. Wrong. I am, is it I am? No. no. Oh. In my opinion. Oh, in my opinion. Eight of 21. Okay, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine left. Sounds good. Wow. Okay, RN. Uh, RN. Um, really naughty. Registered nurse. Oh. <laughs> no, not, that's not what RN stands for in Texas. It does. It, it, it does stand for that, but what if you... Registered nurse. Right now. We're going to say you got that one wrong. Yes, because it's definitely not really naughty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. S M H. S M H. I think you could get this one. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty pretty sure I won't. S M H. Some money, honey. No, that's pretty good though. Shaking my head. Oh, shaking my head. Uh huh. Wow, it's kind of like digging deep on these internet stuff. Okay. Yeah. A few more. <laughs> T L D R. What? T L T L D R. T L D R. To laugh. Don't. <laughs> run close too long didn't read oh too long didn't read oh god that that's a that's kind of like a a tagline of the younger younger uh, generation today um you're batting 333 right now uh. okay <laughs> you can make a comeback on these ones i know you know one of the ones coming up so um next one is w f h I don't know this one. Oh. Oh. Uh, it's been very... World, World Federation of Humanity. Lots of people are doing it this year during the pandemic. WF. Oh, okay, got it. Would find home. Close. You got one of the letters right. What do you do? How do you teach now? Do you go into the classroom or do you teach here? Teach at home. Yeah. WFH would nope. find me at home. <laughs> work from home. Oh, work from home. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. IRL. You got this one. Come on. IRL. I'm really laughing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wrong. Uh, what is it? 
in real life? In real life. Well, I'm really laughing bits, too. Yeah. Okay, you got four more. The next one is AFK. Oh, yeah. A AFK. You know this from watching Twitch. All friends know. <laughs> nope. I'll give you one. DKDC. Don't know, don't care. Don't know, don't care. Uh, don't. <laughs> uh, I don't know what is it. DF. Uh, away from keyboard. Hey. <laughs> away from keyboard. <laughs> you confused hers with yours. Oh, AFK. Away, away from keyboard. Oh. Okay, this next one you know. Got to get this. Okay. GG. Good grief. Close. Close. GG. GG's only. Huh? When we watch Fortnite back in the day, they'd always be like, GG. Uh, good grief. Uh, <laughs> good grief. There's a bunch of 14-year-old uh, 14-year-old Fortnite players saying, good grief. Good grief. <laughs> like they were stuck in the 1950s. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't. I know this. You yeah. know this. I don't remember back when I looked when I watched Fortnite. Good game. Oh, good game. GG. Oh. Good grief. Good grief. Okay, two more. I like I like mine better. Eight of twenty eight. <laughs> okay, L M K. You got this one. You'd put it in an email. Should I contextualize it? Like LMK. Yeah. The meeting is scheduled for eight o'clock tomorrow. Will you be there? LMK. Um. I'll let I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give that one to you. Let, let me know. Let me know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last one, and I know you know this one too. Uh, I wouldn't doubt. I would. I wouldn't bet on it. We talked about it yesterday. Oh, we did. Yeah. I Y K Y K. <laughs> we talked about that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we didn't talk about that. I. Why? How about if I, you if you know. Yeah. I Y K Y K. If you know, you know. Yeah. And then bonus round. The reason why we thought about all this is that you saw I C Y M I. Yeah. On the TV. <laughs> on the TV. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, in case you missed it. Yeah. I think next week I'll make a PowerPoint of the top 20 highest selling musical artists of 2020 and see how many you can identify by that picture. Great. <laughs> well, what was my batting average on this? Uh, 333. It's going to be lower than that. <laughs> yeah, we got to do 30, top 30, because we did 30 okay. today. Oh, and then we could also do like Gen Z slang. 
Yeah, so, that's a good one. Yeah. Even though none of us are Gen Z. Totes? Totes. What does totes mean? T-O-T-S. T-O-T-E-S. Not a spelling B. It's a definition B. T-O-T-E-S? Yeah. Totes. (laughs) Not a spelling (laughs) (laughs) Totes, it's what you put things in and carry it like picking a poke. It's a tote. It's a tote bag. Wrong. You carry it, carry it along. Do you feel it like sounds totes? like it's going to be a good segment for the future. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel uh, like totes is Gen Z or is that more like late millennial? I think it's late millennial. Yeah. Because I said totes my goats in high school. Yeah. Well, I'll let you get back to it. The thanks only... for having me on your podcast. Yay. Well, thanks. Yeah. Bye. Thank job. you. It was, it was very educational. And some of that stuff I'll, I will never use. Nope. <laughs> true but people are using it right everyone's using it except for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't go in those circles anyway bye bye bye, bye laura all right we got 10 minutes uh we can do a quick do a wrap up for the last 10 minutes yeah well you know one thing i was thinking of this week is that uh, one that i've been thinking of all year uh, beginning of last year, beginning of 2020, is this pandemic, uh, staying at home, working from home, mm-hmm. WFH. WFH, yeah. <laughs> working from home. Uh, one thing I've noticed, I say, you know, oh, well, we're going to get back to normal sometime. I said, no, you're not. You'll get back to working differently, but it's not going to be the same as before. Uh, and I think people should not expect that. And I think uh, a danger is saying, okay, I want to go back the way it was. Well, I think you're going to lose the benefits of what we're learning working from home. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of benefit that, uh, that uh, and there's a lot, of, a lot of negative, a lot of positive. And I think uh, once we change in the future, let's keep the positive yeah. as, as we move forward. So uh, this pandemic forcing us to be home uh, we've learned a lot of stuff. We've learned how to use technology more. Uh, we've learned how to communicate better through technology, uh, through uh, social media, and through these kinds of like like what we're doing now with this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not we, meaning the whole society. You know, some people are very good at it. Some people haven't done it at all. Well, it's going to like broaden ability of people uh, to communicate better, and. Uh, the negative parts is that it isolates people. And there's some psychological uh, elements to that. And I think as we deal with that, I think that's going to make us psychologically healthier if we can get past this because we need each other to help each other pass those those hurdles and those barriers. So I think the pandemic uh, is good and bad. I think it's not all bad. Yeah, I mean, I think at the, sometimes things aren't good or bad. It's just something that happened. It's like... I mean, obviously the pandemic is bad, <laughs> but it's not all bad. bad. It's not all bad. Yeah. Yeah. Some, you can pull good things out of it. It's mostly bad, though. It's it's mostly bad. Yeah, absolutely. It's mostly bad. It's kind of like war. War is horrible. War is terrible. But after war, then people came back home from World War II. My parent, my dad came back home from World War II, Sequoia. Uh, he had a whole different view of life. Uh, different view of the world. Uh, everyone did. And they says, let's not have war again. 
And they probably didn't think that strongly before World War II, but they sure did after World War II. You know, and so is that a good thing? Well, yes. Should you have war to have that? No, uh, war is bad, uh, but but it just happens. And there are bad things in it, but also there's some good things you can pull from it. Like, let's never let this this type of war happen again. And I think some of that, uh, we can probably talk about this next time. Some of that can also be stated with uh, January 6th. Yeah. Let's not have, let's not let this happen again. Uh, having an assault on our capital. Yeah. And For, you can look at it different ways, but. Uh, I honestly think too, it's, there's two schools of thought or two arguments that are going around and it's like, now is the time to forget that this ever happened. Let's, let's pack up ship and sort of just sweep this under the rug. Or it's saying, no, this was unprecedented. We, like, unity doesn't come by pretending like what happened didn't happen. Maybe unity comes by acknowledging what happened and addressing it forcefully. Because what happened was a use of force against people in charge, and it's, it's not right. So I think you can see that you know, from the side of the people that are saying we need to unify around pretending this never happened, uh, they have an argument politically for for why they would want to do that. It'll it'll hurt them in the long run to sort of pay the price or acknowledge that what happened was grievous, and it will help them to just sweep it under the rug and keep going. But I don't know. I think the long arc of history bends towards justice or whatever, that old phrase, that if there was ever a time to acknowledge that what happened was wrong, it's right after it happened. Uh, and if they can't do it now, they certainly won't do it six months from now. So so I'm a little bit worried that they're not going to learn any lessons from this. And then the next time, when it's a close, close election and, and the person that loses isn't a doddering idiot they'll be able to succeed because no one stopped it this time or no one said it was wrong this time. Not enough people said it was wrong. There were no consequences. So it sort of makes doing this again a viable option. And I think the next person to do it might be a lot more competent than the person that did it this time. Well, I have an 80-10-10 rule. 10% will see the good that can come from this. The other 10% will see all the bad. And 80% is on the is on the fence. The question is, if there's enough good people that don't do anything about it, that 80% uh, to move forward, uh, if we have enough people that don't do that, well, then we're going to relive it. It's kind of like history will relive itself. I think that there's always going to be people say, look, this is bad. We need to move forward. Other people says, no, let's let's ignore it. But 80 percent is in the middle. This 80 percent, we have to say, wait a minute. Uh, we have to step up and we have to make our voices known. Uh, the, the huge silent majority. Uh, and I think what happened here this last is that we've identified different segments of society. And we have to come to grips with what is our society going to stand for? Who are we going to be uh, as a society? And uh, I'm not saying one was one side or the other. I'm saying something that it's a blending of that. Mm -hmm. You're not going to change people. 
but you can certainly change history and you can change uh, societies. Uh, and uh, again, uh, good people can do bad things, bad people can do good things. I think we have to not see it as going back to what we started with, bifurcation. We have to see it as a spectrum. And so that long arm of justice have to collectively move towards something uh, that is sustainable. And I think uh, I think what we've seen is uh, people waking up, coming to the table and say, everyone has to be heard here. I think that's well make- said. And I guess my final thing is, it's easy for what I just said, I think what you said was more poignant than what I said, to say, Somebody else needs to do something about this right now because I'm not in Congress. I can't vote for impeachment. I can't vote for conviction. And I say they need to do this. And what you said is, no, everyone needs to come together. And what can you do on a personal level? What can you, you know, as an individual do to to express your beliefs and and get your message out there and show what you believe? And I think that we saw that in Congress this week. They didn't just go to impeachment. They said... We want to pass a resolution saying Mike Pence should do this with the 25th Amendment. And it's like it's easy to tell other people what they should do. It's much harder for you to say, this is what I need to do and go out in the world and do it. You know, I, sh- I think the Powerball balls should fall in the right order that I win $300 million and I never have to work again. <laughs> you know, they should the Powerball director should make that happen. But that's that's just that's not under my control. So I think it's important as we move forward in this new beginning, this new year, to sort of focus on what we can do. And I think this this podcast is maybe one of the things we can do. Just, you know, put our opinions out there to put our and and I think we need to be careful of saying, you know what, someone else should really think about and solve this problem and proposing that as a solution, because we're not someone else. We're we're us. And. What can we do? I guess that's a good question to ask ourselves moving forward. Well, one thing for sure that I can attest to is Sequoia, my dad, Sequoia, he made things happen. And he didn't wait for other people to do it. He did it himself. And he was out there doing stuff all the time. Uh, And it was met with resistance sometimes, but uh, he never gave up. He never gave up. Well, that's, I think, a good place to end. This has been episode one of the Sons of Sequoia podcast. I'll play a little Talking Leaf theme to uh, to play us out. What did you think of it? Me? Yeah. Uh, I liked it. I think uh, I liked it. Nice. And I think that I'd like to hear what other people think about it, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, I think it was good. I think it was really good uh, to get opinions out. I think what we're doing here, everyone should do in their own way. Yes, this is our right. way. This is our way, David. It is. Uh, I want. I want to ask our viewers or the listeners, uh, what's your way? Uh-huh. Whatever that is, do it. Don't don't be complacent. Do it. All right. This has been the Sons of Sequoia podcast. You can get it wherever you find your podcasts. And uh, join us on sonsofsequoia.com to see affiliate links that we may have mentioned within the episode. Uh, If you want to use any of those affiliate links, it'll really help out the show and allow us to make further episodes. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.